0: Um, guys, you're amazing. How do you feel about that? Um, we are week two of our sermon series. God says, last week if you were here at the baptisms, I love you. God says this week you're amazing. Like stick these on your fridge, give them to people, bless people with this truth that God speaks over our lives. You're amazing. When I when I was um, about 22, I started dating this uh, beautiful young woman, and uh, we were kind of getting to know each other. We used to go out to a particular pizza, pizza restaurant together, really sort of um, getting to know each other, enjoying each other's company. And then, and one one week, I sent her a, a text that said, "This maybe you don't realize how amazing you are. I do." Oh, isn't that nice? She let me marry her. Hooray. Yeah. But the thing is that I think she kind of needed a bit of reminding about just how amazing she is. And I wonder if that's true for you today. Do you feel like you are completely incredible, that you are an amazing person? Because I believe that every single person that is here, no matter where you're at, where you've come from, what's going on in your life today, you are amazing. And again, there's a bit of a backdrop to this, isn't there? I've got a sneaking suspicion that half of us don't really believe that we're amazing. In fact, we kind of believe the opposite. And we're struggling, perhaps, with our self-esteem and how we really feel about ourselves, that we're battling in that area. If you do a search on the book section of Amazon, Then you will find that there are 50,000 books that you can read all about self esteem. I think this is a bit of a crisis that's going on today, that we just don't believe in ourselves enough. I mean, my favorite book was called, um, on the Amazon search, was called Boosting Self Esteem for Dummies. I mean, Like, come on, authors. If you're going to try and boost my self-esteem, don't begin by calling me a dummy. But I read this statistic that said that 85% of the world's population are affected by low self-esteem. Actually, I did read one brilliant statistic that said that those people who come to church, uh, there's like a much lower percentage. But even so... There's a, um, a dove, dove, the soap manufacturer, they did a survey in 2017 of, 20, of, of 5,000 10 to 17 year old women, girls. And over half of those girls don't have high body esteem. And in fact, although nearly all of the girls said that they felt that there was something beautiful to celebrate in every single person, Um, Eight out of ten girls in the UK will have chosen, the survey said, not to spend time with friends and family or participate in activities outside the house or try out for a team or a club if they weren't happy with the way that they look. Guys, we're being robbed of our future, robbed of our calling by this idea that we just don't feel as amazing as I believe that we are. And actually, it's not just girls, is it? Because I know that for myself, that um, I've often felt like I'm nowhere near as amazing as I could be. And it stopped me from doing things that perhaps God was calling me to do. I could have been on an adventure somewhere. But because of my own sense of self, my own, who I believe that I really am, I didn't join in with those activities. And I just kind of think, you know, guys... We, we have here a generation of people who could absolutely transform Swindon or who could transform the world. And I just think to myself, if we don't truly believe in ourselves, this research is saying that we're not going to dive into all that God has for us. And today, I want us to run towards that deep-seated and rich, overwhelming belief that we are all amazing and if we can grasp just how amazing we are, we're going to be released to chase those dreams that God's put on our hearts, to run after all that God has put inside us, and to stand tall in the gifts that we know that we have. So I'm going to need to volunteer Jeff while he comes and onto the stage. Jeff, stand up. Now, give him a round of applause. Right, so... Um, I haven't got a seat for you to sit on, so I'm going to need... Do you reckon that he could stand on top of this speaker? Yeah, I reckon so. It's going to do it anyway. So, Jeff. Um, we, what we're going to do is we're going to explore just quite how amazing Jeff is. Now, if you've, spent, if you've spent any kind of time in Jeff's company, then you'll already have some kind of an idea about how he is. But uh, firstly, what I want to say is that Jeff, you are amazing because science says it. It is objectively true that Jeff is an incredible person. See, Jeff, you have got an amazing body. Do you know that the human nose, the human nose, um, can smell, can identify one trillion different smells? Jeff, you've got an amazing body. Do you know that within Jeff's body there is 100,000 miles? That sounds like quite a long way, doesn't it? Um, I did check it. 100,000 miles of blood vessels in his body. That The human eye, um, obviously he's wearing glasses, but, but, but generically speaking... <laughs> <laughs> Generically speaking, the the human eye is uh, 576 megapixels worth. If it, if you were like, if his eye was a digital camera, it'd be 576 megapixels, which is actually 10 times better than the best commercially available digital SLR camera. If you're a camera buff, you know all about that kind of thing. And Actually, the most incredible thing is some research from 2016 that said that, that actually Jeff's brain—it wasn't just Jeff's brain—it was like <laughs> people's brains. But I but I, I can believe it of Jeff. It's probably more so actually that 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 the human brain can store a quadrillion bytes of information. And it, I, I don't know whether it's still true, but in 2016, that that was actually more storage space than was required to store the entire internet. So, Jeff's brain can store the entire internet. Actually, I reckon you could fit two internets probably in Dave's brain. Dave's brain, Jeff's brain. Yeah, Dave's got a great brain too. <laughs> and actually, he's not even just got the one brain. Because what you might not know is that, um, that, that within your um, in small intestine, you've also got a hundred million neurons, like brain bits, that, um, that mean that he's actually got a kind of second sub-brain controlling just the digestive system. Just extraordinary. Jeff, you are, like science says, you are amazing. Secondly, Jeff, you're amazing because even if you sometimes can't see it, we can see just how amazing you are. So I just wonder if we could shout out a few things, a few ways in which we know that Jeff is amazing. Come on, let's go. He's kind. Jeff is super kind. What else can we say about him that makes him amazing? He can sing. He's a great leader. Yeah, Jeff's a great leader. How else is Jeff amazing? He's trustworthy, yeah. Super clever, yeah. How else is Jeff amazing? One more thing, come on. Yeah, yeah. Jeff is really humble, even if he does say so himself. Jeff, you're part of the family here. And our our job as the church family here is to to sometimes when you don't feel like you're amazing, it's for us to tell you that, Jeff, we all think you're amazing. Science says you're amazing. But even if science didn't say you're amazing, we know you and we think you are amazing. And some of you might be here today thinking, actually, if you were to put me up on there, nobody would say anything nice about me or Um, Yeah, or maybe they'd say some things, but they also know the bad things about me. No, let me tell you, I think we could put every single one of you on top of that speaker there, and we would be able to think of a billion reasons why you're the most amazing person. Every single person here is amazing, and we would love to tell you. Actually, afterwards, if you are kind of thinking... Actually, I don't think I'm amazing. Come and find me. I'll, I will find, gather a bunch of people and we will tell you why you are amazing. Thirdly, Jeff, you're amazing because God says it. And that truth is peppered all the way through the Bible. You are, the Bible says, fearfully and wonderfully made. You're of great value. You're chosen. You're royal. You're holy. You're a steward of God's grace. You're called to his glory. You're blameless. Adopted into Christ. God's workmanship. Created for good things. So loved, Jeff, that God sent Jesus to die for you. You're a loved child of God. He rejoices over you with singing. You're his possession. You're a child of the light. You're the light of the world, a city on a hill. You're a saint, his servant, his witness. You're victorious. You're a citizen of heaven. You're an ambassador for Jesus. And Jeff, the Father runs towards you because he loves you so much. You are amazing. God says, and he always means what he says, you are amazing. Let's give Jeff a round of applause, shall we? Yes, yes, Jeff. One of the um, deep joys about today has just been like picking somebody that I think, yes, that person's amazing. Why don't we all tell them they're amazing? What a brilliant thing to be able to do. So, you're all Amazing. Perhaps you're beginning to believe me now when I tell you that you're amazing. But the thing is, I don't believe that being amazing is just an adjective. It's not just something that describes who you are. Being amazing is a job description. You are all individually called, in all of the circumstances where you are, to be amazing. We're going to read from the Bible, from Genesis chapter 1, and um, verse 27. So, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, "'Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground.'" And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So this is probably, to some of us, a really familiar passage. Um, we know that, that in, the, in the, the story of creation that's recorded in the Bible, that there are five days, and every day something new happens, that in the beginning there was, uh, it was dark, but then there was light and sky and land and sea and plants and trees and sun and moon and stars and creatures in sea and on the heavens. And then on the sixth day, he creates mankind. And it's like throughout the week, there's this building crescendo of, of, uh, of escalating extraordinary things that God's creating until on the sixth day, right at the crescendo, at the climax of the whole week of creation, it is us that God creates. We are amazing because we are sitting at that pinnacle of the week of creation. And at that very moment that we are created, God says that he makes us in his image. Now, the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, and the New Testament's written in Greek. And there's this word that is translated image in there. We're created in God's image, and it's the word selam, which is a bit like if you take uh, what Hannah says I should do with my guitars, selam, and add a bit of a hi-hat to the beginning. So you get a ts at the beginning, right? So it's tselem. Can you turn to the person next to you and say, You are God's tselem. Okay, so there's a couple of things that I just want to look at about this word tselem. The first is this, that the whole of creation is looking at you to try and understand what God is like. So we have this word, Selim, it's in the Bible 17 times. And in almost all of those cases, it's actually translated as idol. And if you know anything about idols, they are, um, if you go like a bit Indiana Jones or Tomb Raider or anything like that, what you end up with is um, like a carved statue or like a cast bronze statue or something. And it's like, um, uh, it looks like the god. It is there, you can touch it, you can see it, you can um, like rub it if you want to, and it represents God. Now the, the, the thing about that is that that selim, that, that carved image of God, it wasn't the God that it represents, but it was the next best thing. And so if you were um, uh, going to worship and, and you couldn't see the God, at least you had the idol that you could look at. And that's kind of like what we are. We are called to be people who in every sphere of society, in your schools and in the colleges, the university or um, in your workplace, wherever you are, you are called to be a physical, uh, something that people can look at and say, when I look at Uh, Joel, I see something of what God is like. When I look at Jeff, I see something about the character of God. Wherever you go, I believe that the world is watching you. And I just wonder, uh, wherever you are thinking about going tomorrow, what bit of God's character are you going to show to those people that you meet? What a privilege it is that we carry God's image, but it's kind of given us a job to do. Wherever we go, we are going to be aware that people are looking at us, and they're looking at us because they want to see God, and they want to see the kind of the touchable presence of God in the towns and cities and in Swindon and in all of that. So the calling on our life is to take on the character of God and take it with us wherever we go. And I just wonder, what would your school start to look like if you went all out to reflect the love of God or the mercy of God? Or the kindness of God where you go. Or what would Swindon start to look like or um, our nation start to look like if we involved ourselves in trying to represent something of God's justice or his care for the outsider wherever we go. You see, the world is looking at us and, and it's trying to understand something of what God is like. That is why you're amazing. You are amazing for a purpose. You have a calling on your life to be amazing in all of the places that you go. The next thing is that Selim shows us who is really in charge of the world. Uh, this, this, These Selim... They, they used to carve great big statues of kings. Uh, when kings had like these vast, great big kind of kingdoms, they would put one of these Selim statues at each end of the kingdom so that everybody who, although they couldn't see the king, they would see these statues and they'd go, Oh, we know who is in charge in this particular place. My grandmother is 96 years old, but she is the most extraordinary, fearsome matriarch you've ever met in your entire life. Um, She was married for 64 and a half years to my granddad. Um, He was like a super high-flying, captain of industry type guy, uh, working in a company that made saucepans, I think. Um, but, But everybody knew, actually, although he was like this super guy, she was really in charge in every situation and, and when she used to come to visit we used to sort of get a bit frightened and, and, me, and my mum used to make sure our hair was looking nice that we brushed our teeth and um, were wearing nice clothes because otherwise we would all hear about it afterwards. And, uh, but one particular day I remember that my grandma came to visit us and, um, and she had tucked under her arm um, a parcel that was wrapped in um, really nice wrapping paper and everything. And she brought it, and she, as she presented it to my mum, she said, this is really important. And so um, we all sat down, uh, gathered around this precious parcel. And then as my mum began to open it, it became clear that we'd just been given a really big picture of Grandma. And uh, she said, you are to hang this in pride of place. So we put it in the loo. <laughs> and even when you were on the throne, you could tell who was really reigning. Come on, that is funnier than that. But anyway, n- never mind. But we, <laughs> we are like that picture. Being made in God's image Means that when people see us, they get to see who's really in charge. That actually, when we go places, we go uh, with God's authority with us. We're taking the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and uh, you know, the God of God, God's into into our schools, into our our workplaces, all of that, everywhere we go, we get to show everybody who's really in charge. And I just wonder, in all of our interactions this week, knowing that you're completely amazing and taking that authority of the King of Kings wherever we go, what can we do to show the world God's love? We're called to be amazing so that we can show that God is in charge. So we carry the very image of God everywhere we go. It's inside all of us. But I just know that sometimes when you, when we, it's great when we're all gathered to hear collectively kind of representing the image of God. But when we go out tomorrow and we scatter across Swindon and beyond, sometimes it can feel like you're the only person that is is there who believes in God, who is trusting the Lord in that place. And it can be really hard, can't it, to, to feel that you are carrying that image of God on your own. What I want to say is that if you can grasp somewhere deep within you, if you can know in your knower just how amazing you are and just how called you are, then I really believe you can step up and step into everything that God has for you. That you can throw off the shackles of kind of self-esteem and start to esteem yourself um, by what God says about you that you can be kind of God-esteemed rather than self-esteemed, that you can rely on him to live the life that God's calling you to do. Guys, I want you today to feel completely released by your amazingness. Are you feeling amazing yet? See, I can just see from here just how amazing you are. I'm so excited by what God's going to do with you guys in the room as you leave here, as you scatter tomorrow. Wouldn't it be great if next week we all come back with stories of how God has released us and set us free from feeling like we're not good enough to do the things that God's asking us to do? We're going to pray in a minute. But I just wonder, are you ready to be amazing wherever you go? What is it that God's calling you to do that that perhaps you have been worried before about that you're not good enough for or that your self-esteem is holding you back? I really believe that this afternoon God wants to, by his Holy Spirit, empower us to give us a new sense of just how amazing we are and to use that to call us into the most vulnerable people, to the, to the people who really need to know God's love.